Camera settings two, things that you might change when out taking photos. Hi and welcome to episode 102 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photography thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. 102 episodes in and I still can't remember it. Oh well, maybe next time. Before I go on, I need your help though. I need your questions to answer. Now this is why my podcast exists, so please get in touch with your question and you'll get a shout out from me in a future episode. Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Thank you and I really look forward to hearing from you and I really do look forward to hearing from you. Okay then, so here is the answery bit. Cameras these days have so many settings, but not all of them you have to change when you're out and about taking photos. Settings that you might change when you're taking photos are picture taking mode, metering mode, drive mode, AF mode, ISO, and the one I forgot from the last episode, which is time. I'll come on to that, but I forgot it. Okay. Yep. These are the types of settings that I might want to change during a shoot. Just these. And I'll come on to the things that I might change for a specific photo in the next episode. The point I want to make here is that just because you have an endless array of camera settings, this does not mean that you have to be constantly changing stuff. Okay, right then, let's look at these, which, as I say, are the things that I might change during a shoot. Picture taking modes. Well, my default picture taking mode is AV or aperture value or aperture priority call it what you want. What does this do? Well, I choose the aperture, which is normally f8, and the camera chooses the shutter speed to give me a correct exposure. If the lighting is particularly challenging, I might switch to manual mode, which gives me direct control of the camera settings. But if I'm in point and shoot mode, I might change to P for program. It's not P for professional, by the way. I know people might call me out for this, but if I'm just out and about enjoying myself and happen to have a camera with me, I turn the dial to program so I don't need to worry about stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm aware of the limitations that this imposes. Sometimes life can be more important, though, than the shutter speed slash aperture combination. And I'm talking here if I'm out doing other stuff and I just happen to have my camera with me. If I've got people with me, they don't want to be stood there while I fiddle around with my camera, do they? Well, I don't either, so you can't blame them. If you want to use program mode, then that's fine. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Just make sure that you are aware of the positives and the negatives of doing just this. And there are lots of other situationally specific modes that you can use, such as portrait, landscape, that kind of thing. Now, I have to be honest and say I've never used any of these, but that's only because when I first learned photography, it was before the digital stuff. So there were much fewer options available. When I got my first SLR camera, you'll notice there's no D in front of that. Typically, you had the choice of manual mode, aperture priority mode, shutter priority mode, program mode, and bulb, B for bulb. Yeah, what's bulb? Well, that's one for another time, I think. So shutter priority, a TV for time value, this is another popular mode where you select the shutter speed and the camera selects the aperture. Metering mode. Well, cameras have different metering modes. These are different ways of measuring the light in a composition. I use evaluative metering on my Canon 6D, which works for me for most things. But every now and then I might switch to spot metering. Now, evaluative me- <laughs> I was doing so well then, wasn't I? 
Evaluative metering takes a meter reading based on the whole scene, but with emphasis on where the point of focus is. It's a good all-round mode to use and certainly good for general photography. Spot metering is the metering mode where the meter reading is taken from a much smaller area in the middle of the composition. For completeness, the other Canon metering modes are partial and centre-weighted average. Drive mode. Well, my camera is set to the 10-second self-timer. That was a struggle. Uh, I press the shutter release button and 10 seconds later the photo is taken. I do this so there's no movement of a camera whatsoever when it's placed on a tripod because I like to take photos of my camera on a tripod. It's just what I do. Now, sometimes I'll change from 10 seconds to two seconds. It's not because 10 seconds is too long. I could probably spare the extra eight seconds. But sometimes I need to do things a little bit quicker. Interestingly enough, well, to me it is anyway, having set my camera to auto bracketing using the self-timer, it takes the three photos for me. But if I have to shoot handheld, I will change to continuous shooting. So I'm taking the three photos now by keeping the shutter release pressed down until all three photos are taken. And when I'm taking one photo rather than three, I will change to single shooting. Now, auto bracketing is something that I need to explain in a future episode, which I will do. But basically, I take three photos, one the correct exposure, one two stops underexposed and one two stops overexposed. OK, now, where was I? <laughs> I had lived then. AF mode. Phew, I'm glad I stopped at a heading. Although I'm taking three photos, I can keep the camera in one shot mode, which is designed for shooting stationary subjects. Now, you'd, you'd think I'd need another setting for this, but the self-timer sorts it out for me, which is fine. And if I were to switch to photographing moving subjects, then I would switch to AI Servo. And even more interestingly, if you find this stuff interesting, that is, is AI Focus, which I want to mention because this cleverly switches between the two with the camera doing some clever stuff beyond my comprehension. Right, ISO. I'll start off with an ISO of 100. And if I could take all the tripods... <laughs> if I could take all the tripods on a photo... Oh, dear. If I could take all the photos on a tripod using this ISO, I am happy. The lower the ISO, the higher the quality of the images that I get in general terms. However, there is a time when I will change the ISO for a section of a shoot. Now... Most commonly, this is on construction sites where I'm photographing interiors handheld because I have to. Now, these can be pretty dark, so I'll need a faster ISO to get sharp photos handheld. Talking of which, I covered taking photos handheld in a previous episode. Photography Explained podcast, episode 94. How to take photos handheld, camera settings that work for sharp photos. Another snappy title. And as I said before, whilst increasing the ISO increases the chance of getting noise in photos, a noisy photo is better than a blurry photo. Time. This is the one I should have mentioned in the last episode, but I forgot. This is the one that I always seem to forget when I go away, funnily enough, as well. And that's to change the time to the local time where I've changed. <laughs> it's to change the time to the local time where I have arrived at. Now, it's not a difficult thing to do. I just always seem to forget. The good news is, if you forget like I do, you can actually change this after the event in Lightroom. Yes, you could change the time that is stored in the photo's metadata. So the time of image capture you can change now it's interesting that you're able to do this because i always thought that you couldn't change the time on photos but it turns out you can and to make sure i don't mess it up i will make sure that the time is the same as the time recorded on photos taken on my iphone which updates automatically for wherever i am 
clever thing that it is. And the important thing there is to get them both set to exactly the same time because that helps you when you if you're putting the phone photos with your other photos in Lightroom. Okie dokie, okie dokie, I haven't used that for a while. So what do I do? Well, not a lot. I often don't make any of these changes on a shoot, and that to me is a good thing. But it depends, of course, on what you're photographing. I'm photographing buildings and locations, so the settings dialed in work for me. Okay, the talky bit. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you. Once I started writing this post, I was regretting choosing this subject. But as it turns out, I'm really happy with this episode as I think I've come up with some good stuff, some really helpful advice to help you. And it's given me things to think about too, which is always a good thing. I know there are lots of other things you might want to change during a shoot, but these are the only ones that I would think about changing. I mean, this is how I work. I don't get bogged down in the constantly changing things confusion unless I have to. But that's what I used to do. So you're learning from my mistakes. I used to fiddle around with all sorts of everything during a shoot and it wasn't good. There was no consistency there. So, yeah, what I'm talking about here is is my commercial work, which is architectural construction and real estate photography. And also to my personal work, which is landscape and travel photography. Basically, I don't like fiddling with my camera. So the point here, the big takeaway... Blimey, that's the first time I've used that term and I'm liking that. So the big takeaway is that when I'm out and about taking photos, I normally don't change anything on my camera other than the stuff specific to each photo, which I will get onto in the next episode. There are camera settings that I have set and never change. And there are a few that I might change during a shoot. And this is my point. When out taking photos, concentrate on what you're photographing. Get your camera set up properly and then use it, but concentrate on the exposure and getting the best composition that you can. Don't spend all your time fiddling around with camera settings, but do use settings that you need to get the best photos that you can. Now, I know that sounds a little bit of a contradiction, but it isn't really. I prefer spending my time concentrating on the compositions of the photos that I'm taking rather than fiddling around with my camera. Okay, so big takeaway. Loving this term, so I'm going to add it to all episodes. The big takeaway is this. Only change camera settings when you need to get the best photos that you can. When you need to, to get the best... Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Concentrate on what you're photographing, not on fiddling with your camera. Related episodes. Episode... 100. Why are there so many camera settings? I'm confused. Help me. Now, this is what started off this sequence of episodes. And then the next one was episode 101. Camera settings one, things that you can set and forget. Next episode, Photography Explained podcast episode 103. Not surprisingly, it's camera settings three, the things that you set for each photo you take. Yep, I'm going to wrap up this section before going into individual things on a camera, which has just given me about five years of new material. I started doing a quick list and I was worried I was running out of things to um, talk about, but no, we're all right. I'm good for, I'm probably good now till about 2024 at least. Okay, so shout out. Well, the shout out is to me and my new course, which you can find out more about at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses. I can't promote myself on my own podcast. Where can I? Okay, I'm done. Thanks for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, please check out photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Well, this episode was brought to you by Lovely Water. No sponsors yet. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me 10-ish minutes of your valuable time. And I will see you on the next episode. And if you're wondering why the time that I quote at the end of an episode 
isn't the same as the time of the episode. That's a clue that I've edited the episode because I've just learned how to do it to try and make things a bit better. So I don't know how long this episode will be once I've edited out all the rubbish. I'm sticking with 10 minutes-ish, so let me finish again. This episode was... but No, no, I've done that, haven't I? I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me 10-ish minutes of your valuable time. And I will see you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.